Welcome back, one and all. You're listening to the 16-Bit Showdown, round two, Sega Genesis. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We're so excited to wrap up this two-part series of 16-bit consoles today. We're going to be focusing on the music of the Sega Genesis. Yeah, if you remember last week, we did an entire episode all about the Super Nintendo. We talked about all the sound hardware. We talked about the various types of music for all. It's just plethora of classic games. And this week, we're going to be really diving in to the sound chip and the classic themes of the Sega Genesis. This is going to be such a good time. Uh, any of you guys know who are a fan of this podcast that I grew up playing the Sega Genesis, so it really I have a nostalgic connection to this system and the music of this system. So I've just been so excited to share this amazing playlist of tracks for you guys today. I think, I don't know, this is really, in my opinion, one of the most solid groups of music that we've ever had on this podcast. And both of these weeks, it's just been so much fun. Last week was, was such a great playlist, and today, there's no exception. This is just going to be an absolutely solid collection of music here. The thing that's so exciting is, I, in my opinion, I think some of those Super Nintendo tracks are a little bit more well-known, and a lot of them mm-hmm. are much more familiar to an average gaming audience. And just for the fact that the Sega Genesis wasn't quite as popular as the Super Nintendo, and for the fact that a lot of its games aren't necessarily the ones you think of when you think of like great video game music, Mm -hmm. albeit like the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise and Streets of Rage, things like that. But um, in general, I think a lot of this music... Uh, not to say it's not good. In fact, some of it may be much better than some of the SNES music that we played. It's just a little bit lesser known, which is kind of cool, which means that for a lot of these tracks, some of you have probably never heard of them. And at least for me, um, that was definitely the case for some of these. No, that's a very good point, Will. And just like last week, um, before we get into the music, I want to talk a little bit about the technical side of the Sega Genesis. Uh, The Sega Genesis actually had two sound chips, The main sound chip was a Yamaha FM chip called the Yamaha YM2612. So that was an FM chip that could produce six channels of sound. As well as that, there was the PSG chip, which was called the SN76489. So there's actually two channels of PSG and six of FM. Now, the last channel of FM on the Genesis could be equipped as a DAC sample channel. So that was a sample channel that was used mostly for drums, sometimes for sound effects, and occasionally for, like, vocals so it's interesting when you do the math um it actually is the same amount of tracks utilized on the super nintendo Mm -hmm. i mean the super nintendo had completely different specs it was all sample channels Mm -hmm. and this is obviously a sound chip or two sound chips like carl mentioned but what's interesting is with those with those two psg in the six yamaha fm they add up to eight which are utilized in both music and sound effects you know that's a very good point the thing that is different about the genesis is because because it actually does have a quote sound chip there's a lot more consistency from soundtrack to soundtrack and there's a little bit more clarity in the sound because sometimes with those samples there's a lot of compression we talked about that last week but what's nice about the genesis is you don't hear that compression like on the fm chip for example the sounds that you hear are incredibly crisp, and there's something that is very unique to the sounds of that FM chip. So, enough techno mumbo-jumbo, let's get into the music here. We're going to start things off with Aladdin, an absolutely stellar soundtrack. This was composed by Donald S. Griffin. Let's take a listen to one of the most exciting pieces of music in this game. This is Rug Ride. Thank you. 
goodness, that is Rug Ride from the game Aladdin, composed by Donald S. Griffin. Such an exciting piece of music. There's so much happening, so much to listen for in this yeah. one. Yeah. It's, this has always been one of my favorites in this soundtrack. I remember getting to this level, and it was just, it's so intense because this music is so rousing. It's almost like something you'd hear in a film scored by John Williams right. or something. Right, and the level itself is very difficult and very, oh, yeah. it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's <laughs> a very exciting level. <laughs> this is when you're escaping the Cave of Wonders on the Magic Carpet Ride. Yeah, I mean, the composition is really masterful. And uh, just to talk a little bit about that Genesis sound chip, um, isn't it interesting that even though it's a sound chip, it's not you utilizing samples, you can still sort of tell what instruments they're trying to evoke. Absolutely. Like, that's obviously such a brass sound. And I think the details in the composition also sort of cue your mind in that. No, that's such a great point. And that's one of the advantages of the Genesis is that you get used to these certain sounds. So we hear that, quote, brass synth sound in so many soundtracks. Because it's utilized in the same way in the majority of soundtracks. Absolutely. No, that's a very good point. And something I forgot to mention up front is that at the end of today's episode, we're going to be kind of doing a little little bit of retrospective and kind of sharing our thoughts on who we think won as far as this showdown so you guys should be looking forward to that at the end you know one thing i really respect about donald griffin um because we said he didn't do very many video games but one thing that's really interesting i feel like he very much captured the spirit uh, that was set forth by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman as far mm-hmm. as the music and also the score that Alan Menken did to the actually score of the film was very much that spirit was kept alive in this yeah, game. Yeah, in the, in the original compositions because there, oh, yeah. uh, there are a couple Alan Menken tunes that he yeah. arranged. But, but even it, Yeah, I'm like talking this, about the original yeah. compositions like this. This actually reminds me, there's an unreleased song from Aladdin called like High Adventure mm-hmm. and it starts off with a similar kind of buildup of den, da da I wonder if he had access to yeah, those I never really put tunes. the I never really connected the dots on that, but it definitely feels of the same sort of world. Mm-hmm. And he also incorporates those Arabic elements, like especially in things like camel jazz, <laughs> how he incorporates jazz with like right. those yeah, harmonic. Minor my favorite things. thing about the soundtrack is how how much jazz influence there is in there. It's yeah. just a great combination. We're going to move on to the most quintessential game on the Sega Genesis. This is Sonic the Hedgehog. This launched an entire new generation of platforming. We're going to take a listen to Spring Yard Zone. This was composed by the one and only Masato Nakamura. Enjoy. what I'm talking about. Classic Genesis music right here. This is Spring Yard Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog, composed by Masato Nakamura. Man, this is such a funky track. I love how all the instruments are working together, and the choice of instruments is so spot on. This B section here, how you have that really metallic, very pretty, kind of reminiscent of Starlight Zone. It's the ring sound effect. It's the <laughs> ring sound effect, yeah. Because once again, the same chip was used for sound effects and music. So a lot of times you, you have that, that correlation where you, you hear a certain instrument and it just it sounds like a ring. It sounds positive. Yeah, and for you. things like that, if you're able to get on the sound chip, um, 
a sound that almost feels like a real living and breathing sound effect. Mm -hmm. It's almost better than than the SNES because you're right, you don't get that compression. Absolutely. Obviously, the only downside would be that um, you can't really evoke quite as much realism in instruments as you could on the Super Nintendo. But it's interesting because I feel like the composers are always very cognizant of that, and they sort of give Genesis games their own sort of unique sound. And it's really, really infectious when you just listen to a lot of Genesis music. One of my favorite things about one of my favorite things about this first uh, Sonic game is the the drum breaks. There's there's moments in each tune, and it's usually near the end of a loop where all of a sudden everything cuts out. There's really effective cadence like a suspension on a five chord then all of a sudden you hear boom it's just oh my gosh it's just it's just really effective and i mean those drum samples are so classic in this game like those kick and snare in my opinion they're the best drum samples on the entire uh, system so awesome we're going to move on to another pretty classic game for the genesis this is batman composed by naoki kadaka we're going to take a listen to flugelheim museum this is a great track enjoy Awesome. This is Flugelheim Museum from the Genesis version of Batman, composed by Naoki Kataka. And I believe this has different music from the NES version, but oh my gosh, such a solid piece of music. Again, really effective use of all the all the channels on the Genesis that are working together to create this big sound. If it wasn't for every single channel, it wouldn't be quite as effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. This is a really great song. You know, I've, I've never heard this one before. I'm very familiar with the NES Batman soundtrack. Right. Because I remember that being one that we really lauded a lot um, whenever we talk about Sunsoft and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But this is really cool. I think it's interesting that Naoki Kadaka did both games. Yeah. And they both have different soundtracks. I think that's interesting. It still feels like it fits in the Batman university that he created on the NES version, but it does feel a little bit more at home on the Sega Genesis. Did it's you ever play any of the Batman games? On I the played Genesis? the Genesis Batman, yeah. Yeah, I've never played any of the ones on the Genesis. I've really? played NES, and I've actually played a couple Super NES Batman games. It's This Genesis one is excellent. It's a great game. I think it's a really classic uh, game for a lot of Genesis fans. 
Awesome. We're going to move on to Ease 3, Wanders from Ease. And this was composed by predominantly Miko Ishikawa. Yuzo Kashiro did help a little bit. But this track we're going to play was indeed composed by Miko. Let's take a listen to a track called Runes of Ilverns. This is Runes of Ilverns from Ease 3 for the Genesis, composed by Miko Ishikawa. And it's so fun to listen to these Falcom soundtracks because it really almost sounds like a PC-88 soundtrack because the Yamaha FM chip is almost identical. Right. It's really great to hear that, but I love the purity of the Sega Genesis. Everything is so crisp. If if you're going to compare, like, the fidelity of the Genesis to the SNES, it's just so much better in my opinion because those sample channels create a lot of compression and at times they can really just sound kind of blurry and blah, whereas the Genesis is so crisp and it's just right there. It really hits you in the face. The thing that I find interesting though is while you're right about the fact that there's no compression, a lot of the Genesis sounds inherently like the timbre of those instrument sounds is very sort of buzzy and distorted. They go right. for that sort that's, of that's distorted kind of just guitar The nature sound. of the chip itself, right. I think it's something that people either love or hate. I just think it's, it's kind of built into the, the sound yeah. of the chip. You know? And I think it's interesting because that so influences the type of composition that right. you get on both the consoles. But yeah, this track, this might be one of my favorite Ease tracks. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, this is one of my favorite um, pieces of music that we discovered this past year. I just one really dig it. that I love about this track, and you're going to hear this a lot today, is how, how important that PSG channel is to the piece. Yeah. A lot of times the PSG is the lead instrument, mm-hmm. and it's just incredibly effective the fact that it's working in conjunction with the fm chip in that dac sample it's just great and what i think is interesting is on the ease games especially on the genesis do that because Mm -hmm. uh, they would they would be forced to do that on the pc PC 88 because of the limited uh, pc 88 had less fm channels so it was it was more predominantly that 8-bit but it's cool that they're able to like keep that Mm -hmm. sound consistently like it's the perfect number you have two psg that's all you really need because then you can do delay like they were doing delay with it the chorus Effect, had a panned. Yeah. Let's move on to one of the most loved soundtracks on this system. This is Streets of Rage, composed by Yuzo Kashiro. This was an incredibly revolutionary soundtrack when this came out. This is the point in Yuzo's career where he's able to compose video game music that doesn't even sound like video game music. The influence of this soundtrack is predominantly European house music, music that you would have heard on the radio at this time, the early 90s uh, when this game was released. So it's so impressive that he's able to make music that compositionally is so authentic, but technically what he's able to get out of the Genesis at this time is just unprecedented. So let's take a listen to The Street of Rage. 
That was The Street of Rage from Streets of Rage, composed by Yuzo Kashiro. Man, it's just so easy to get lost and submerged in that music. Just close your eyes and just lose yourself to it. It's just incredible. Yeah, there's some interesting, uh, almost uh, technical effects that are going on uh, to some of those parts. It almost is reminiscent of like a phase effect on mm-hmm. the DM. There's a lot of really interesting uses of, of dynamics, of volume and pan, where that, that PSG lead comes in out of nowhere, like, and there's like a really beautiful chorus effect to that as well. Right. Yeah, there's just something so beautiful about the dynamics of the soundtrack. I think it's a good thing that that FM sound chip is likable because mm-hmm. it is so signature. You can't listen to a Sega Genesis track and not tell that it's a Sega Genesis right. track. You have to be like, confident. You when hear you're using it, and it's it. just ah, oh, that's so like Genesis. Right. You that's know? why I feel like if composers are embracing the hardware and composing music that is tailor made for it, it's just going to be incredibly entertaining to listen to. But if they're trying to to like mask the genesis that's when it doesn't work right. as well you know in my opinion i feel like whenever there's games that are shared um where the soundtrack is the same between the snes and genesis mm-hmm. most of the time it's better on genesis i agree because like, i would say cool spot the track that we yeah. played in if you guys noticed on both episodes we played in with the same track in my opinion i think the genesis one takes the cake yeah it something about it uh it usually in those instances when you're trying to make it work for both it's probably easier to make a genesis song Mm-hmm. try to work on the SNES than the other way around because so many Super Nintendo tracks are really like not stereotypical video game music as yes. far as like the composition and they would be impossible to do on the Genesis let's move on to an awesome track that I discovered this past year this is from a game called Alicia Dragoon let's take a listen to Stage 1-1 and this was composed by Nobuyuki Aishima and Manamoru Ishimoda enjoy <laughs> Stage 1-1 from the game Alicia Dragoon, composed by Nobuyuki Aishima and Manamoru Ishimoda. Such a masterful track. I love that that flute instrument is, again, compositionally, the line itself lets you know that it's a flute with the use of those trills, those ornamentations, the register that it's in. It's just a great combination of compositionally, it's telling you what to expect, but then technically you're actually pulling it off in a really effective way too. Right. I I really get what you're saying. And I think it sort of goes back to what we were touching on earlier 
about uh, your brain can really trick you into thinking something there that's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really reminded of there was something we said on I think our very first episode. We were listening to music from like Donkey Kong Country 2. And we said, like, isn't it interesting that you can tell this is a French horn? Right. And then we listened to it again. We're like, wait, that doesn't sound like a French horn. But in our brains, Mm -hmm. it did because the part was written that way. And, you know, when something, uh, your brain will sort of play along with the illusion. Also, I think when you're listening to video game music, like, you're able to suspend your disbelief. You're, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, you're able to just use your imagination more? Well, the same way you would while playing a video game. You know, you're already in such an right. imaginative state, and you're believing, you're expected to believe so many things, you know, visually, and as far as, like, the gameplay and interaction. Absolutely. That's a great track. Now, let's move on to one of the most badass tracks this system has ever seen. This is Mystic Cave Zone from Sonic 2, composed by Masato Nakamura. <laughs> that theremin instrument it's so awesome this is mystic cave zone from sonic 2 composed by masato nakamura and i'll never forget all the hours i spent as a kid playing this level and if it wasn't for this music i probably would turn off the game because this was for as a kid this was a really difficult level it was very scary and it was very stressful but this music was so great that it propelled me it inspired me to keep playing the game yeah i i don't think i ever necessarily thought about like the music doing that but something about the level doesn't make you like really frightened like you're just having a good time and you have visuals are really scary you have this level of confidence with this music this incredibly catchy hip-hop groove that is just like it fills you with all this confidence that you feel like you can do it i feel also it's like it's embracing the themes of the level it's embracing sort of the mood Mm -hmm. where that's something that i think is very distinctly sonic especially early sonic is it's like it's trying to be cool so you know if there's going to be an ice level or a casino level they're going to completely embrace it but then like switch it around to make you just like feel good about it like the whole time like sonic's like oh i'm awesome i can handle this you know i really wish that masato would have kept going and because actually supposedly sega did initially hire him to do sonic 3 but there was some sort of contract some sort of financial problem and eventually they they weren't able to um, hire him for that game but it was such a marriage for him to work on video game music because he, here's a guy who knows how to write hooks. That's all he does is he writes catchy hooks, and he's able to do that in video game music in genres that that are different from you know for his band Dreams Come True. Like this doesn't sound like them, but he's able to apply the skills that he has as a songwriter to concoct just like music that 
not only does it not get old, but one of the things that I love about the Genesis is that I feel like it has maybe the highest replay value of any video game music I've ever heard. Because like I said, not only does it not get does it not get old, but every time you listen to it, you almost uncover more parts. There's so much going on that you can focus on every little channel. Every time you listen to it, there's like more that you hear. Yeah, there's a lot that's going on in the background. That's something that I will say about Genesis music is because there's all those channels, there's so many things that can go on in the background that you Mm -hmm. won't notice. You know, I really started to appreciate that. I remember when I was watching you make your Sonic-esque albums in like Mm -hmm. looking at all the tracks visually and then you'd like mute something and you'd hear this tiny little color that's not in the forefront, but it's there subliminally. And that's harder to do. I mean, on a lot of consoles, it's just not possible like you couldn't do that on 8-bit systems and just the way that the channels were set up on the Genesis it was so tailor made it was really that was the perfect way to use that hardware and in this specific track one of my favorite compositional devices is the use of chromaticism the like I just there's there's like harmonized chromaticism in this track which is so cool to fit the hip hop vibe yeah also again I feel like it's embracing like the goofiness of the game but sort of like the campy therapy but like being cool about it at the same Mm -hmm. time it's really interesting like walks that line it's hard well now we're going to move on to castlevania bloodlines it's kind of confusing because last week we played a track called bloodlines from castlevania dracula yeah. x which now is actually gonna... <laughs> the predecessor to symphony of the night for the playstation i'm confused this is a game called castlevania bloodlines and we're going to play a track called calling from heaven this is the theme of stage six in the game this was composed by machiro yamani enjoy This is Calling from Heaven, Stage 6 from Castlevania Bloodlines, composed by Machiro Yamani, the Castlevania veteran. You know, something that's interesting about most Castlevania games is that most all of them take place sort of strictly in Dracula's castle or in Transylvania. So a lot of the music is just sort of going for that classic sort of horror movie, campy musical quality that we've mentioned a lot. But something that I think is interesting about this soundtrack is I feel like you get a lot of European classical musical influences right. like a lot of different types of european music like this actually has a little bit of a french flair mm-hmm. in my opinion and i think one of the reasons that is is castlevania bloodlines is unique in the series is that it takes place all across europe it's not just in okay. transylvania so the characters are going across europe and i that's think that's sort of 
why it has that musical that yeah palette. That's a really good point. I I, th- I think you're right about that. I think that was definitely purposeful because I heard that difference in the soundtrack as well when I was listening to it. But I didn't know that about the plot of the game. That's great. Well, now we're going to move on to a track from a game called Jewel Master, and this was composed by Motowaki Takanochi. We're going to play the title theme from Jewel Master and another great example of what the Genesis is capable of. bass break down there. This is the title theme from Jewel Master, composed by Motowaki Takanochi. Oh my gosh, this is Genesis music. If anyone is wondering what Genesis music is, here you go. This is a great example. Yeah, I mean, you got that classic sort of dirty sounding bass, really interesting lead sound that's doubled by two instruments. You have like a synth sound with that sort of brass instrument, but they blend together so nicely because they're both that FM chip. That's another thing that we have to talk about with the Sega Genesis, as opposed to the SNES where sort of sky's the limit with sounds, Mm -hmm. because the Genesis has the same sound. Township, uh, you're able to blend instruments together in a very organic way. Absolutely. It's the uniformity. It's They have a lot more control over specific settings that are going to be consistent from instrument to instrument and from soundtrack to soundtrack. Right. There's a lot more uniformity, which they really can take advantage of. I think this song, my favorite thing about it is the... That little, yeah. that little color that first is on the left channel, then the next time it's on the right, and then it goes back. They're like playing with you. It's yeah, so playful. Stereo panning is great. Also yeah. something that's great, I feel like uh, Sega Genesis music has a very solid rhythm section, and a lot of it ends up being very funky. I don't know if that's inherent to the console, but I think a lot of its music just so happens to be that way. Mm-hmm. In a lot of Genesis rhythm sections, the bass and drum just... They really lock in nicely. I think a lot of that was owed to the traditions that were set forth by composers such as Masato Nakamura that were able to find success with that genre of music and that specific style of using the technology that I think it became very popular to do that kind of music. And really, it was tailor-made for that system. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it, it's like the launch titles. or not. Well, Sonic wasn't a launch title, but that's sort of like the flagship title of the Sega Genesis. Like a year after. You know, and Masato Nakamura really 
set the standard of what Genesis music should be like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like parallel to that, Koji Kondo really set the standard Absolutely. for what like most Nintendo consoles <laughs> do with their music, both with like Mario World or like even something like Link to the Past. Yeah, the cool thing, the thing that I love about Genesis music, and just a little disclaimer here, uh, this episode, again, is we're not saying these are the be-all, end-all, best songs of the Genesis. We're not saying that. We're just saying this is a great representation of what makes Genesis yeah. music effective. This what is, is a representation of what Genesis does that <laughs> Nintendo don't. Yeah, because there is something incredibly unique about this music. Let's take a listen to a track from the game Outrunners. Now, I believe this is the sequel to the original Outrun, and this was composed by a few people here. We have Hiroshi Kawaguchi, Takayuki Nakamura, and Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. Let's take a listen to a great Latin-inspired track called Picture the Rivers. smokes that is just phenomenal this is picture the rivers from the game outrunners oh my gosh this was such a great discovery this wasn't a track that i had grown up with on the genesis this is one that i discovered this year and oh my gosh this is awesome this might be my personal favorite of the day that is such a hooky (laughs) melody again great rhythm section uh, you know, I'm in such a Genesis mood right now. I just, <laughs> I just want to keep going and listen to more. We could this keep going. One, another disclaimer I want to make is it was really tough to narrow down this playlist this week. We, me and Will went back and forth with picking which tracks we had to unfortunately make the cut. So there are a lot of runner-ups um, that maybe we'll feature on upcoming show and tells. This, for some reason for me, was way harder to narrow it down than it was last week. I, there's well, something about it. I think the thing it. is there's also an equally amount of just stellar Super Nintendo tracks and we've played a lot of them but the thing is when you're talking about the best or the best examples it's just a little bit more clear cut because there's certain soundtracks that you can really point to that I think everyone would point to well there's a lot more diversity on the SNES so that's what makes it a little bit more easy to create a playlist whereas this there's a lot of things that are competing with each other don't you love that scoop into the (laughs) I love it so much I love the chord progression I love everything about it well I'm so excited it is time to move on to our track of the week This is Angel Island Zone Act 1 from Sonic 3, composed by Sega Sound Team. And this is, in my opinion, one of the strongest examples of what the Genesis can do technically and how how the channels can come together to create such a lush and interactive sound that's just oozing with excitement and imagination. Let's take a listen. Angel Island Zone Act 1.
You're listening to Angel Island Zone Act 1 from the game Sonic 3, and this is most likely attributed to the composers Tamanori Sawada and Yoshiaki Kashima. But like we said before, this game was composed by a multitude of people, including Michael Jackson and his uh, some of his songwriters. But oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite songs in the history of video games. This is incredibly effective. It's so lush, and there's so much. This is what I was saying before. There's so much to listen out for. Like I don't even know where to start when I'm listening to this. I could focus in on the PSG. I love how there's that moment where the PSG is doing those descending arpeggios. And the use of panning is, is really effective because it, it makes you aware that there's so much happening and the sound is coming from like eight different places, not just this one source, you know? Yeah, and there also is a lot of that blending of instruments right. that you have again. And another thing that I've really noticed is they make use of the instruments took a lot of their advantage. Although it sounds very full, there's actually not all eight channels or even close to all eight channels being played at once. No. They really leave a lot of room for the sound effects, and they do that through, like Carl was mentioning, creative arpeggiation techniques, utilizing instruments that maybe aren't as necessary for the sound mm -hmm. effect. And also, like in the beginning, when you have that, it's sort of a roll, so it's the same instrument. It's not two pitches, it's just a really fast, sort of arpeggiated sequence. So it sounds like you're hearing a harmonized and, line. And for this particular track it sounds tropical doesn't it doesn't it oh, kind of yeah. remind you of like steel drums or it's something it's like a steel drum but it's like it sounds almost like an organ yeah or i think it's an organ instrument actually the second act does feature this that steel drum instrument right for the b section of that second act but oh my gosh every single section there's like i think a b and a c section on this track and they lead into each other so effortlessly one of my favorite things about this track is the final cadence how it gets yeah. back in the beginning of the loop. There's something so triumphant about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic melody. It, one of the best on the whole system. Yep. It, it, a fantastic composition. Uh, it really it really did a great job because, you know, it's quite a challenge coming into Sonic 3, having such a different musical sound. And mm -hmm. this one really establishes the differences between Sonic 1 and 2, both with this and the second act, do such a good job mm -hmm. of stating the differences between Sonic 3 and Sonic 2. Very good point, Will. Well, now we're going to move on to Devilish. This was composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto, who a lot of people know his work from Final Fantasy Tactics. We also played a track um, on our romantic music episode from uh, Ogre Battle. But we're going to play the intro theme from Devilish. This is a beautiful piece of music. Please enjoy. <laughs> from Devilish, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. And what a gift for melody this man has. This is just, this is such a sophisticated use of the Genesis. And it's something that's a little bit more rare on the system to go for music like this. This is honestly the type of music that you hear a lot more on the SNES. It's nice to feature a few examples of this on the Genesis. Yeah, I think a big reason you are getting that fantastic sort of European sounding composition that's very... Uh, old school mm -hmm. 
in a sense like not necessarily classical music but a lot of very romantic music and a lot of melodies like that with that chromatic descending thing as well as some renaissance yeah it's such a staple of nintendo consoles that to hear it on a genesis setting is almost more meaningful because so many Mm. genesis soundtracks have so much energy they're very rock based so to hear it sort of slow down and play something a little bit sweeter Mm -hmm. i think is a nice change of pace for the genesis and it's also sort of like endearing to hear those sort of more harsher instruments of the genesis do something a little bit more emotional yeah and there's for some reason i know we've mentioned this before but i i feel like the use of delay on the genesis sounds so much better than when it's used on the snes in my opinion yeah, at least it's on that the, uniformity uh, on the fm chip the yes. fm delay yes. sounds much better than the um snes sample, sample delay yeah. but the psg actually utilizes that same technique where if it right. is delay it's like one is here and the delay is panned on the other side. Yeah, they'll do it hard panned left and right a lot. But yeah, no, this is such a haunting piece. It's like this tragic lullaby. It's like it has the lullaby qualities, but it's so sad. I don't know. There's just something really emotional about it. Also, like a waltz is such an interesting um, time signature to have because it sounds so classic Mm -hmm. and it's such a simple thing. But also, it's not really utilized in a lot of like music and especially in video game music. You just don't get a lot of meters other than 4-4. Very true. We're going to play a track from Streets of Rage 2, composed once again by Yuzo Koshiro. This is another track that could be included in a dance party mix. So feel free to get up and move and groove to Wave 131. Listening to Wave 131 from Streets of Rage 2, composed by Yuzo Kashiro. Hopefully, you guys got your groove on to that one. Yeah, interesting sounds here. It's very different than Streets of Rage 1 as far as the instrument choices and even the groove to some extent. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a departure from some of the other tracks in this game. Streets of Rage 2, some of the tracks get a little bit more experimental. Streets of Rage yeah, 3, actually, that. the third one, oh my gosh, it's it's actually hard to listen to for me. It's, it's not melodic. It's not, like, pretty at all. It's very dissonant. It's crazy. Huh. Yeah, there's some pretty out there, some very wild music in the second and third Streets of Rage games. But it's all very sophisticated yeah. and very advanced technically for the system. Don't want to go to that street. <laughs> you do not want to go to the Street of Rage. We're going to move on to Dragon Slayer, The Legend of Heroes 2, We're going to play a track called Field, and this was composed by Falcom Sound Team JDK.
You're listening to Field from Dragon Slayer The Legend of Heroes 2, composed by Falcom Sound Team JDK. And when we were listening to this track, Will was so struck by the fact that it sounds like Yuzo Koshiro. I think it's so interesting what a strong influence that he set, uh, his, his musical tradition that he set in the late 80s that a lot of later composers on the sound team would, would just follow years to come. It's, it's pretty remarkable when you think about it. But yeah, a very solid piece of music. This was actually one of the tracks that was in danger of being cut this week, but it kind of, it kind of had a long battle to make it on this playlist. I'm glad it did. Yeah, it, was, it went slightly above one other track that it would be nice to play because it has a nice history to it. We were going to play one from a Mega, Mega Man, Man game the called Wily The Wily Wars. Wars. Yeah, that was a really... We'll, we'll play that on our upcoming show until we promise. Right. But yeah, very solid track, but I'm really excited to move on to this next track. This is from Sonic and Knuckles, and this is one of my biggest sources of inspiration for my own Sonic-esque albums, uh, my own original albums that are based on the music of the Sega Genesis Sonic games. Let's take a listen to Lava Reef Zone Act 1, composed by Sega Sound Team. Listening to Lava Reef Zone Act One from Sonic and Knuckles. You know, this has always been one of my favorites of this game. I love all the instrument choices, all the interlocking parts, and especially that lead instrument is just so classic. <laughs> and it's not used in a lot of levels, but when it is, it really has that sort of triumphant sound. You also get it in Hydrocity Zone Act Two from Sonic Three. Definitely. Um, but it's cool. It's like whenever it's brought out, there's always a really solid melody behind it. <laughs> yeah. This this track is so masterfully done again the choice of instruments how they're interacting with each other it's just in some ways it's unprecedented on other consoles of the time at least and it's something that in my opinion was very influential for a lot of composers to come after this me included i mean this one I can't even begin to say how influential this specific song was for me as a composer, as a video game composer specifically. Now, similar to what we did last week, we're going to give you guys a glimpse into the individual channels on the Genesis. So we're going to do that for this track. This is a perfect track to do that for. So we're going to start off with taking a listen to the lead instrument by itself to hear what that sounds like. So we'll fade down the rest of these channels here. And now we'll bring back the delay channel. Now here's the delay by itself. Here's that classic bass. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful. Yeah. It's just incredibly sharp and biting. It really drives home what the chords are. Those really piercing brass sounds here. Now take a listen to this upcoming ostinato. It's actually doubled with a brass instrument and a kalimba. Here's the kalimba in the brass here. Now take a listen to the PSG channel here. Really giving a lot of rhythmic support. Once again, the chorus delay effect. Both of them are... Both of them being utilized. You heard a little bit of noise channel. And listen to these drums here. 
Oh, interesting. Other percussive samples. Absolutely. I never know. Everything that. comes back right here. Yeah, that's just such a great example of Genesis music because there's so much happening and everything has equal footing. If it, if the PSG channel was muted, if the brass was muted, it wouldn't be the same song. It, it's effective because of all these little parts that are coming together to create such a lush sound. And there's so much more interaction on a track like this than there is on any SNES music that I've ever heard. I'm not saying that every Genesis track was able to match this. This is a rarity. Uh, the level of sophistication and interaction on some of the Sonic soundtracks are not the norm for the Genesis. I feel like this is the best example of this kind of music on the Genesis. It's kind of a lost art form. Well, again, I feel like it's continuing the philosophy that you had on the original NES as far as like utilizing your limitations to the max right. and utilizing arpeggios, ostinatos, That's and a very various, good point. you know, a, a lot of moving parts to create one unified sound where the Super Nintendo um, is able to have just more of an authentic instrumentation. That's a and very good point. They can rely yeah. on having big note chords and not really needing to do as many arpeggiated things. Well, and the thing that I love about this track is the use of support. Every instrument is supporting another instrument. The bass and drums are locking in together and creating that really da 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 and there's a lot of space there for the other lead instruments to shine. There's a lot of space that's created so that they have their own space. And the PSG channel is able to really counteract and support nicely that ostinato we talked about. That dun 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 dun. And the PSG is doing kind of like dun 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 dun. dun. So the rhythms of those two are. Are, are interacting in the same way that like a authentic Latin group in like Brazil would interact with like a clave versus a timbale or something like right. two rhythmic things that are coming together to create a really solid foundation. Let's move on to a really interesting pick today. I'm really glad we got to play this. If anyone out there is familiar with the composer Jesper Kidd, he did the music of the Hitman games, and he also most recently did the music to, I think the first, maybe the second Assassin's Creed games. So he's a pretty, um, prolific composer that a lot of people like. He actually got his start on the Commodore 64, and he did compose a few Sega Genesis soundtracks. And similar to the Fallen Brothers, this is a guy who did not care about the, quote, limitations. He did whatever he wanted to do. So he pushed the Genesis to places that no one else was able to. So let's take a listen to a very interesting track. This is a very hard-hitting rave track called Big Boss from the game The Adventures of Batman and Robin, composed by Jesper Kidd.
You're listening to Big Boss from The Adventures of Batman and Robin, composed by Jesper Kidd. Oh my gosh, at times I forgot I was listening to a Genesis track. This is just incredibly advanced. This really sounds like more kind of modern techno music that you'd hear in like a first-person shooter of like today. It's just incredible that he was able to do this on the Genesis. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Video game music really appears as its own art form when you look at examples like this. Tracks that are uh, really attempting to be experimental, but they still have to have a loop and they still have to have a rhythmic form and structure, which I think is so interesting. Where if well, you look at experimental, if you look at experimental like film music, it definitely yes. doesn't need to like keep its tempo or pace. That's a very good point. But fun fact is actually, you might, it might be hard to notice, but this track is like nine minutes long actually it might be the longest genesis track i've ever like a lot of jesper kids work like he also did this other game called subterranea and some of those tracks are the same they're like 10 minutes long which is like there was not space on the genesis to dedicate to that i don't know how he got away with that you know like there just was very limited space but i love the sharp the like the phase effect that you heard where it was like it was doing this like morph lead which i don't know how he did that in this actually this soundtrack he didn't use any psg so everything you're hearing is only through the fm channel or channels i should say <laughs> but yeah that was cool we got to feature that side of uh, genesis music composed by jesper kid let's move on to fantasy star 4 this is one of the most well-loved games serious games on the genesis i think one of the things that is lacking on the genesis are those big expansive adventures you know the snes has games like chrono trigger uh secret of mana but the genesis doesn't have quite as many let's take a listen to dezolus town one and two composed by izuho namada and masaki nakagaki That was Dezolus Town 1 and 2 from the game Fantasy Star 4 for the Sega Genesis. Nice to feature the RPG side. 
Yeah, it just doesn't hold a candle to the Super Nintendo when it comes to RPG music because you can't get that orchestral sound. Right. It's just It just comes down to that, you know. When you try to go for something serious, you're using all these synth instruments and then it yeah. either starts to sound cheesy or um, they have to go for a completely different sound like this. Just is so playful and fun, but definitely doesn't match the level of emotional intensity that you get in Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, even like Legend of Zelda or Final Fantasy or a lot of like bigger scoped yeah, games. Yeah, and, and I don't know a lot about this game, so maybe it is more playful, but I, I do know that this is one of the most well-loved RPGs on the Genesis. So if you compare this to like Chrono Trigger, like it's just not even close. So that is interesting to note that there really was a lack of those kind of big expansive adventures on the Genesis and, and the music too. I mean, because since those games weren't being produced as much on the Genesis, you didn't hear as much of that on um, music. And it's maybe it's a good thing because if this is an example, you know, it's a lot harder to do that kind of music on the Genesis. You know, it's not natural. We're going to move on to a game called Sword of Vermilion. I love this soundtrack. This is composed by Hiroshi Mayauchi. Let's take a listen to Castle. That is a groovy waltz if I've ever heard one. This is Castle from Sword of Vermilion, composed by Hiroshi Mayauchi. I really feel like doing a remix and adding some drums, because this soundtrack doesn't feature any drums, which is, there's something cool about that in a way. There's something that feels a little bit more classic to not have a drum kit there, you know? And it has to get its uh, rhythmic drive from elsewhere, like bass and chords and stuff, which is really nice. In general, I really like the melody. I like how it lands on the 9 and 7 a lot. Um... Yeah, definitely feels very at home on the Sega Genesis. Um, but again, it's the type of thing where I feel like this this type of composition could be so much more elevated on the Super Nintendo. Interesting point. We're going to move on to Sonic 3D Blast. We're going to play a track called Panic Puppet Zone Act 1. And this track was composed by Jun Senaway. Here we go.
That is cool. This is Panic Puppet Zone Act 1 from Sonic 3D Blast, composed by John Senaway. And Will, you were saying this was used in another part of the game, too, right? Yeah, uh, there's a little introduction where it, there's, like, some, uh, some sort of 3D-looking sprites in pictures with text that sort of talk about, like, I guess the story of the game. <laughs> The um, flickies, right? Yeah, and it plays this whole theme, and it's just great. That I'm... So that's how I know yeah. this one so well. But this is a fantastic theme. Uh, the sort of theme and variation, I guess, that you have going on here. Then... I feel like those little colors that are alternating sides, that represents the flickies to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Those kind of sound like flickies, don't they? But yeah, it's just a really driving piece that really gets your blood pumping. And I actually did get this far in the game, so when I actually heard it in this level, it really fits the level well. So I think it was it was originally composed for that level, and they decided to, to play it also in the introduction because it's because it for some reason fit that as well. But yeah, this is one of the most solid pieces of music in this game. I think Great the soundtrack, harmonies. yeah, and this as a whole, I think the soundtrack is very hit and miss. There's a couple tracks that are kind of not anything special, but John Senaway, all the tracks he did, I actually am a big fan of because there were some a couple other composers that I. I think did some of the other less great tracks. Um, he did Green Grove and the special stage and the main theme and stuff and the boss theme. All right, now it's time to move on to the very last track we're going to talk about today. This is a game that came out for the Mega Drive. So once again, you know how last week we did a couple Super Famicom uh, games. This just came out for the Mega Drive, but once again, the exact same sound chip. This is a game called Zan, Yasha, and Bukioku. We're going to play track four. This was composed by the legendary Matoi Sakuraba. Enjoy. So, Carl, now that we're going to wrap things up, what do you think? 16-bit showdown, SNES versus Genesis. What are some pros and cons of both, and what's your overall opinion? Who do you think wins? Uh, that's a really tough uh, question to answer, but I do have an answer. First of all, I want to preface it by saying that I grew up with the Genesis. I have a much more nostalgic connection to the Genesis, and I guess if I'm honest, some of the best Genesis soundtracks I like more than the best SNES soundtracks, but as a whole... 
there's no competition. I have to say that the SNES is a better system as far as the amount mm -hmm. of phenomenal music that came out. I think a lot of it is owed to how many great games came out. There were more great games for the SNES than there were for the Genesis. And I mean, as far as the specs and technology stuff, I think the Super Nintendo really just blows it out of the water. I mean, you have completely customizable sound. And if you want to go for a sound like this, you can totally do that. So as well. wait, I'm assuming you have the same <laughs> you have the same uh, answer as me, right? As far as who wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've always been a bigger fan of the SNES just in general. Like so many of my favorite games are on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, as a whole, I think there's no way that the SNES cannot win. But one thing I want to say um, is that there's these diamonds in the rough on the Genesis, these really standout soundtracks that, in my opinion, are more exciting and more entertaining to listen to than anything on the SNES, but it's not the norm. And I, say, and I, also and I would say that the average Genesis soundtrack is of a lower quality than the average right. SNES soundtrack. And I think those gems aren't necessarily to be attributed to the Sega Genesis itself. I think it's more just attributed to those specific composers and those specific soundtracks. It's hard to say. Yeah, another thing is that <laughs> last week we said how it was easier to come up with a playlist but there were so many more things that we could have done so many more options whereas yeah. this honestly there's not much more as far as like the best examples of the genesis there was a lot more slim pickings this week like i said there were some that we had to cut but it was a lot harder to pick this playlist than it was last week and i will say that the playlists themselves if you compare last week and this week they're both phenomenal and i don't know musically maybe last week was slightly better but it's actually hard for me to say but as if i'm talking about the entire system there's no way that the SNES isn't king. Well, and I think part of the thing is it's like last week it wouldn't necessarily be every best track from every game that we played. Right, you know, like right. in Star Fox, we played Coronaria because we literally just played the That's credits theme, point. which is like the best. And like mm -hmm. we didn't necessarily play the best Super Metroid or the best Link to the Past. We just played ones that we hadn't yeah, done but, before. And there's so much great music that we were able to still have a phenomenal yeah, episode as, while doing it. As that. much as I say that, I don't want to say anything against the Genesis because it holds such a special place in my heart and the, the type of music that was composed on the Genesis when it was done really well such as the Sonic series there's something that is so unique that I don't hear that in any other video yeah. game music. So I really want to praise today the Genesis as much as possible because I think it was a phenomenal system that had just some amazing music on it but if you have to go up against the SNES it's just impossible to beat that. Right. And I mean, especially the Sonic games. Sonic games are great. Um, everything about them was really influential. And the Genesis was really the last uh, great classic console that had a sound chip mm -hmm. in the traditional sense yeah. of the word where um, it actually was a chip that was uniform for every single game that could be programmed. Right. So in some ways, it's more impressive that they were able to crank out what they did on the Genesis because under the hood, the SNES is just incredibly I mean, much in more powerful. every way, it's yeah. more powerful visually. Yeah. It has a better processor. So it's like, I, I think in general, it, it's probably more of a common consensus now that mm -hmm. the Super Nintendo is a better console in hindsight. But I think what's interesting is at the time, there was such a like horrible feud yeah. between friends and, of what And the one thing better. I will say is that I still feel like the Genesis is cooler. 
in every way. And yeah, I mean, it had much too, better marketing. Like musically too, it's cooler. I'm not saying it's better, but it's way cooler. I mean, the Sonic music is just the epitome of cool. But yeah. what do you guys think? This is definitely something we're, we're expecting. So feel free to sound off on the comments. What are your guys' opinions? Are you outraged by our consensus? Do you think, oh, the Genesis is way better? Give us give us some of your thoughts. So we're really excited about next week. We're actually going to have listener show and tell. So that should be a really good time to share that's all, all of your thanks, music. Yeah. yeah, that's all thanks to you guys and all of your contributions to this show. We really appreciate all your interaction and all the feedback that we've been getting. We couldn't do it without you guys, and yeah, we so really appreciate it. Next week is kind of a thank you to all you guys. So thanks once again. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a fantastic week. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.